have sat on this table, but there can only be one show. MTC Beats. It's time for the Money Mine Mastery Podcast. What's going on, everybody? My name is MP. My name is Stefan SB. And we are the Triple M Podcast. Triple M's. What does it stand for, SB? Let them know. know. I don't know. Just kidding. <laughs> it's a Money Mind Mastery. And today... You got a good one, baby. We got a real good one, man. There's a, r- a real good guest on our pod. And we'll get straight into the intro and we'll, we'll, we'll shoot the shit today, man. Yes, so sir. today, we have a pro boxer and currently the NABF super lightweight champion. He made the pros at just 19, sparred with legends like Zab Judah, Danny Garcia, and even put in work at Mayweather's gym in Las Vegas. He's got 35 wins, 25 knockouts under his belt. And he ain't stopping anytime soon. So welcome to the Triple M Podcast, Steve the Dragon Claggett. Welcome, man. Welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm happy to be here. It's gonna awesome. be real good, man. Because like we've been, we we followed each other for for quite some time here, and now that we are in the presence of the legend, mm. man, no, can't can't beat it, man. Can't beat it. <laughs> I, I appreciate that, guys. I appreciate that. Yeah. How's things, man? How's life? Everything is good. I'm just going steady. I get ready for the next fight on September 8th. Training camp starts, and we're just rocking and rolling, man. Same thing. Hell Same yeah. thing. I'm excited for that. It's going to be said, fireworks. Uh, he said, uh, he's, what did you say when you came in? You got to stay ready. If, if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. Yes, sir. There you Boom. go. He stay ready, baby. There so let's get this pod started off with something we call the gratitude series. Yes, we sir. got it from our Ninong. Ninong in Filipino means godfather. godfather. So he's, 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 he's an honorary god, uh, godson now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> right? um, so the gratitude series. SP, what is it? We just want to start off the show with something that we're grateful for. Just something that we, you know, whatever it is, could be something big, something small. Just start on a positive note. Um, why don't you start this one? Done. I'll start. So for me, I'm grateful for our support network. That's what I was gonna right? say. You all the people that hit, are like man, behind gotta... us, people in our gym, all our homies and all yeah. that stuff that's supporting the cause. I'm forever grateful for them because if they ain't supporting us, bro, no one's watching. <laughs> you know. So I'm, that's what I'm grateful for. SP, what about you? Man, our mind is on we're on the same thing because that, that's exactly what I was gonna say, man. Just our circle, our network, man. It's uh. Social media, actually, in general, you know, we wouldn't have met him without social media, Instagram. Um, but here we are, man. It's just we're always three degrees of separate or that connection, and that's that's what I'm grateful for. Man. Hell yeah, How you, you sir. You know what I'm grateful for? The potential of the future. So all the things that are coming, uh, I see major growth in Calgary as a city. I see potential with myself and my team, my that's management, my promoter, and like all the stuff on the horizon so i'm grateful for the future and the ability that i have to shape shift and make the future as good as we can hell yeah i love it and that's important though you know like absolutely just shaping the future because bro if we don't have that like strong like leadership now dude the youth the, the athletes right now they wouldn't have a chance not at all and like you're shaping up canadian boxing bro and i'm, I'm proud to have you here it's sick <laughs> thank you thank we just saw the thing you're number three in Canada? Yeah, on the pound for pound list. So that's yeah, we that's got it big. Right. We that's got him right. Big, here. Man. Yeah, it's huge. Awesome. Yeah, congratulations. I'm happy about that. Thank you. Uh so let's get started. Man, you know, obviously we all know your background. Um we all know that you're the legend of the city, man. Let's talk about how how you got started. 
Well, like at the very beginning, the when very I was a kid. Beginning, yep. Okay, so when I was a kid, I played all sorts of sports. I was in, I played hockey. I played basketball with my cousins. Played some football, soccer, swimming, lacrosse, uh, baseball. Like I did you tried everything. everything. I did everything. Yeah. yeah. And then I had one time, I was playing hockey, and I was, uh, you know, I was probably, yeah, I was probably around eleven, twelve, and then. I got into a fight in hockey. I got into like a scrum. Uh, a scrum. It was like you don't really fight. Like we, we're not taking off our gloves or taking off our helmets or anything, but we're fighting. And then yeah. this kid was bigger than me, but I'm still I'm trying to fight him. And then he like got the best of me, but it wasn't because I lost to him. It wasn't like a fight. I yeah. we threw our sticks down. I stepped on my stick as he was. <laughs> we were wrestling, and he got me. And I remember I was so mad. I was so mad. I went home after. I was mad on the way home. I was mad the next day. I was mad the next night. Like, and my mom, and my dad, they see me and they're like, "You're upset, huh?" <laughs> like, <laughs> they knew you're, you're really knew. upset. Yeah. And they already knew that I had a, like an aggressive streak. So, I guess it was just it was like a vent. And I owe that okay. one to my mom because she's like, "I got you a lesson. I, I got you a boxing class." You can learn from a trainer. You go for a one-on-one and uh, see if you like it. And it was just, I know it was to vent and to get out the potential of what was coming because I was in a bad mm. state. But it was perfect, man. I went there. I trained the first day. My trainer, Eric de Guzman, he, man, we were working. And I remember he said, you got a right hand. You can punch. Mm. And I, I think I had something right away. Yeah. And this is what started me into the game. And I loved it immediately. It was a vent for all my problems and my aggression. I put it into it, and it ended up being something. I had so much to vent, I made a career of it. Absolutely, man. So you, you just did, you went straight to boxing. You didn't try like Muay Thai, karate. No, I went straight to, straight to boxing. And then we were training in like a the corner of a different gym. We didn't have a full boxing gym. We just had a heavy bag and huh. pads. Yeah. So we worked, we started from there, and that was like the beginning of it. And then later down the road, Eric opened up his own gym, and the rest is history, the rest man. Is history. But that's where it started. It started with an angry kid who needed a vent, got yeah. put into boxing as a punishment, turned out to be something of a passion, and then. It, I had so much to vent, it kept going, man. He's still venting till this day, man. September 8th. <laughs> That's and right. And the guy they're about to face. He's still going. About to feel it. Right. How, how old were you at that time? I was like 11, 12. I was probably turning 12. I was right around there, like a young really kid. Young. I was yeah. Like, yeah, grade like, six. Like, or, as a kid, you know, with a lot of kids, they just want to play video games. They want to hang out with their friends. Did you... Like, were you, were you just, like, forced into boxing? Were you, like, some days where you just, like, I don't want to do this, Mom. But were you, like, just, let's do this, Mom. down. I love no, this. No, I loved it. Right away, right away wow. I loved it because it was, it's an outlet. It's an outlet. Yeah. So I never had something where I got to hit stuff and be, it's okay. I, yeah. I, I never had something where you get to be aggressive, let it go, like, get it all out there. Yeah. And then it led to internal discoveries. I find out about myself. I see what I'm good at. Oh, I'm... This is my strength. This is my weakness. It's just there's so much that comes with the game, but it was like right away I fell in love with it. Absolutely, man. Damn. Well, let's fast forward because I know you've been in a lot of podcasts. And you've already told this story, but let's let's fast forward to your first amateur fight and your first pro fight against I think back in 2008 against Brandon Car- 
is it Carlick? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, talk about the, the actual difference because I know you, you had your very first amateur and your, your very first pro. Like, talk about the difference in that one. Well, the age, the age was a big one because I had my first amateur fight as soon as I turned 13. Wow. So I was, uh, I was just turning really, 13. Like the year after you got into boxing. Yeah, yeah, right away. And then I remember, I remember it all, man. I, I, won't, <laughs> I won't say like names or anything, but I remember the, the guy that I fought. And I remember the first amateur fight I have, I go there, it went, and this guy was, like, cool, man. This guy, like, he had his robe on. He had, like, girls with him. How old was this guy? He, he was a year older than me. Okay. He was a year old, okay. so, or maybe even two years old. He was a little bit bigger than me. He had five fights. Um, it was, like, this whole thing. I remember getting there, and I, I saw him. And I was like, yo, I'm like, that's who I'm fighting. Like, <laughs> this guy's a star? This guy's, yeah, this guy's like a superstar. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember it. I remember it really well. And then in the fight, I came out, and the first couple punches, I jab, jab, jab. And I'm, I'm doing it like in the boxing gym. Yeah. Doing how we practice, how we spar. But we spar with our friends, and we spar mm. with people we're, we're working on stuff. Yep. This guy wasn't sparring. This guy was fighting. And I remember I jab, 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 and I move. And this guy comes up and he hits me like it's a street fight. He hit me as Ooh. hard as he could, straight right hand, like looping right hand. Yep. Boom, hit me on the nose. And I remember it like, makes my eyes water. And, yep. and I kind of I come back with the jab and he does it again. Boom, and he hit me hard, like twice, right on the button. And I remember hearing his friends in the crowd and somebody's like, first round KO. <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> and, and, and I forgot, like, I didn't forget, but I just said, I, I don't care about boxing. I don't care about technique. Fight. I'm fighting. Yep. And then I started just letting it go, letting it go. I, I, I had a couple good punches that I worked on, but my right hand was mean, and I, I hurt him. And then we're kids, right? So we fight like one minute round. It's yeah. like oh, real quick. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I come back in that round, and it was okay. But the next round, I was all over him. Because I was just fighting. I wasn't really thinking about technique or yeah, nothing. I was yeah. fighting, fighting. And I give him a standing eight count. So that means Ooh. it's almost like a knockdown. knockdown yeah. But the ref's like, we don't want him to go down. It's an amateur fight. So they give him a standing eight count. And then I hurt him real bad in the third round too. And then after the fight, okay, so it goes to decision. And they say, in the winner, unanimous decision, boom, me. And I was like, man, that was the craziest. <laughs> it was a roller coaster yeah. of my life. But that's what locked me into the game. Because mm. after the fight, mm. I remember being like, it was all worth it. Everything. Oh, yeah. And I had a headache. I had my nose <laughs> hurt. And my, like, I was all, you know, I was banged up from the fight. But it was so worth it. And that's what, one, attached me to the game. Mm. Where I loved it. It was, it, was, it was worth the hardship. It was worth going through it. But also, I'm like... That was like what started my relationship to boxing. So, you know, it could be a bad thing, could be a good thing, but I'm always ready for a hard fight. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of the game. You got to endure, you got to go through it. But that was my way in. That was the entry to the amateur ranks, man. And then when I went pro, it was a whole nother stage of my life. I was, I was already an amateur fighter. I had experience. I'd been going through it. I was actually at the time, like, well, I guess it won't be between us, but like, here, here, I'll tell you. When I was 19, well, I was 18 years old. I just got out of high school. I was in a whole lot of trouble, man. Yep. All my friends were fighting. Everybody mm -hmm. would go to the bar all, all the time, and we get, we get into it. We, you know, and my friends know I'm an amateur boxer, so they're like, oh, yeah. Well, we <laughs> got him. We got him. Yeah, we got him. So, so they get me into all these things, and I, I never like, I never wanted to start a fight. And my dad always told me, don't start a fight, but you don't have to walk away. 
Because mm-hmm. if someone's pushing you, pushing you, pushing you, you got to have a, you know, you got to have a line of self-respect. And I took that and I ran with it because for years of my life, I didn't know how to walk away from a fight. And like, it, thankfully, I learned it as I got older, as I got older. But man, it was a lot of rough years for my parents because they had to deal with all the trouble yeah, I was definitely. in. Mm-hmm. But I guess when I was 18, I was fighting everybody. <laughs> I was still <laughs> into it. And I got kicked out of my parents' house because I was into it. Well, by choice. It was like, my dad's like, if you can keep doing this, get, get out. out of here. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And I did because I had friends who were living downtown. So I'm like, oh, now I'm, I'm living, I'm killing it. I feel good. But I was fighting all the time. Mm. I get into it at the bar. I get into it where, like, it's just stupid, man. I remember waking up one day, my friend who owned the place, we're sitting on the balcony and I was like, man, I got to stop doing this because it's like, I, I got picked up the, by the police last mm. night and that happened to me twice this week. Mm. So it was from getting into a little scrum, getting in something, and the cops come get you, and uh, this is going to go bad. And I'm like, maybe I yeah. should do something, man, because this is, this is going downhill. And I remember my friend looks at me, and I was like, maybe I should go pro, man, like in boxing, because I'd already been in amateur boxing. Yep. I had, like, the potential to do it. My friend looks at me, he's like, you should go pro. Yeah. That was it. If you're going to fight, might as well fight and get paid exactly, for it. Exactly, <laughs> man, Exactly. So I spent the summer, I moved into my boxing gym. At the time, there was a back room, and I trained all summer. I had made a deal with a promoter, uh, KO Boxing out of Edmonton, Mm -hmm. and um, Milan Lubovac was the head of uh, KO Boxing at that point, and he had told me a couple months prior, he's like, if you want to, we'll turn you pro, because I had a good showing for the Golden Gloves in like May or something like that, that earlier in the year. And I took him up on the offer, and I and I put my whole life into the training camp. I stopped partying. I stopped being stupid. Um, I was, you know, hanging out with my friends less, and I just I grinded, man. I put it all into it, and then I I remember the fight. <laughs> it was worth it. Same thing as in the amateurs. It was so worth it. It was. It, it took everything from me. I had to go to Edmonton. Had to do all the stuff. Had to do the medicals. Had to. I fought this Brandon Carlick, this big dude. Like he was an MMA fighter, so he's one of those oh, guys who knew how to okay. cut weight. Okay. And then me, I didn't know how to cut weight. I was actually fighting heavier than what I weighed at uh, weighed. What usually. was that? I was fighting at one fifty two. Oh, okay. But as an amateur, I just couldn't make one forty one because I didn't know how to cut weight. Yeah. So I was probably weighing like one forty five, something like that. And I was like, Well, I'll just go up, I'll fight like one fifty two. Yeah. And I was doing that in the amateurs. I went to the nationals, I won the provincials, and so I was fighting as an amateur at one fifty two. And then in the pros I say, Yeah, one fifty, I think I can do that. And I get there and I see this guy branded. He's like <laughs> he's like one seventy. I was like, Yo, like, but I did, MMA guys cut weight. Yeah, yeah. So they that, do. But in the fight, it didn't matter because it was skills pay the bills in boxing. You know, I was, I, I hurt him a couple times. I almost knocked him out in the third overhand right. I remember the fight real well. But um, after the fight, I won. I win decision, yep. unanimous, uh, majority decision. I thought it was unanimous. Wow. I, I mean, it, it, it's no, you know it's what I mean. W, yeah. They they all should have voted for me because <laughs> I, I was all over them. But it was. Uh, it was again the same feeling. All that hardship, all that stuff, all that sacrifice. It was worth it because yeah. right at that moment after the fight, 
just you couldn't tell me nothing, man. That man. Was, anything Talk that went through, oh, it was worth it, man. So that was that was the amateurs and the pros. Same effect, I guess. Yeah, that's oh. sick, man. That must have been such a wow. great feeling, just like winning your pro debut. Like the the other guy you faced, he had some pro boxing fights on yes, his belt. Yeah, yes, yeah. He had two pro boxing fights, and already. he was an MMA. And fighter. he was an MMA, MMA as well. Yeah. He had yeah. more. That must yeah. have felt amazing, man. Now, since we're talking about like amateur and and, and pro boxing, <coughs> I know with a lot of amateurs when they are transitioning to go pro, they usually struggle. Now, I know you mentioned that your 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 style was made for the pros. How so? I'm a come forward fighter. I was never scared to like take punches and block and return. I pushed the pace. Um, I wasn't so much like a point scoring fighter. I'm more like break them down, work the body. And I think just I was always like that. And probably because of the sparring that I did. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, the guys in my gym when I was coming up, we just box like that. And we do lots of rounds. And like the amateurs is like a three round fight. Yeah. But you gotta go, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you gotta go. You gotta make it count. And then if you get the lead, some guys move and they take the lead, score a couple points, and then they dance and move. Don't give up the lead. But me, the way that I came up was like, okay, we're gonna go. We push and we spar. We're fighting the whole time. Yeah. And then it became like that in the fight too. And then I think it's also a product of my racing mind because I'm like, okay, next, and then next, and then next. So. It keeps me constantly engaged, but always going, going, going. And then turned out to be a strength because I'm wearing these guys down now. Yeah. And so you, you find what you're good at and lean into it. Ooh, you know? I totally agree. We, watched, we actually watched a couple of your fights and we were going to say, yeah, pressure. Yes, sir. Right. Pressure. It's tiring, bro. On yeah. your back foot. I was yeah. tired watching, yeah. man. Imagine. Yeah. It's a man dragging, just walking you down, high guard, everything, just wearing your body yeah. down. Yep. Dude. Crazy, right? Well, let, let's, uh, let's talk about What's next? Um, September eighth. Yes, talk, talk a little about a little bit about that fight. Big fight, big fight. So um, this guy is challenging for my title, um, and he's twenty four and one, mm. which means he's very good. And he's had a couple fights in the state. Actually, he was signed in the states, so I believe most of his fights were there. He's fights in Mexico. He's, I'm not sure actually if he's American or Mexican American right now. Okay. Like I don't know where he's residing, but he's a good fighter, man. And he comes to fight. He comes to bring it. But me, I'm excited because this brings the best out of me. Definitely. Mm. And this is a guy he's gonna come to fight. And he, it's like when you get two guys who come forward like Ooh, this. Fireworks. This is like exactly fireworks. And this is what like the matchup that we want. And for me, this is a matchup that. I need this, man. Like, I, I, this is what I, I love this. I, li- I like someone who comes to fight. I don't like, well, I don't mind, but sometimes you got, some guys are boxers, movers, some guys are Mexican style, yep. as they call it, come forwards and let's, let's go. And me, I'm kind of like that. Yep. That's yep. my Mexican style. I'm say. Mexican style too, because I spend a lot of time down in, in the States, sparring in the gyms and in, in Vegas and LA and you better be able to fight Mexican style mm-hmm. because guys are going to put it on you if you can't. True. And so this fight will be able to, I'll be able to show my my true abilities, man. This one, because the guy's going to, he's going to fight how I want to fight too. So I love that. Tailor-made. So, yeah, and this is like, it's a beautiful matchup because we're both come forward fighters and the fans are going to win in this one. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's crazy. That. I can't wait. <laughs> September 8th, where's the fight at? in Gatineau, Quebec. Quebec. So it's right next, right across the lake from Ottawa. It's like yeah. real, real close. Um, 
I fought there before once because it's not far from Montreal. We drove there, but this one's big because I'm the main event. And this oh. is like, bro, I've been working for that for my whole life, man. Like, I'll tell you something. So it was, it's different because I, I fought here in Calgary a couple times. And then I love when my friends come out, my fans. And, and I know those guys. So I know they're going to cheer for me like this. So it was cool. And it, I love it. There's a party after. Yep. It's always amazing. But this is a different feeling because I now fight. And I don't know any of those guys who are and cheering for me. you're the main guy. Yeah, and they're cheering for me like I, yeah. I guess I, I, you earn it and then you can get it. But like it took years and years and years. And then I used to go there and be like the enemy of, you know, because I'm fighting a guy from Montreal. Yeah. So mm-hmm. everybody, I fight Eves or I fight Matthew and they, you know, all their friends are there. Yeah. All the yeah. friends are at the weigh in, all the friends are at the yep. press conference. They yell at me, cuss me out. And like <laughs> I can hear it. And I'm like, you know, it was good because I can use that. Yeah. It's kind of like fuel. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're going to boo me? Watch this. But now I like this one better because the guys are cheering for me, yelling for me. And I'm like, I'll look out the ring and I'm like, yeah. And this guy's like, yes. Like, he's looking at me. He's like, he's like, and I'm like, yo. Like, that's, they just love the sport. So I just have to do what I was already doing and I'm getting appreciated for it. It's like the best time of my life, man. Awesome, man. You're actually on the other side of the uh the, the the ring now because yes. you're getting booed and now you're the guy that, exactly that yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly hey, hey, let me ask you this why is there so many pro fights in Quebec and not on the west side I think it's the history I think it's because they've had promoters and they've, they've it's like rinse and repeat in boxing when you put on one show you know how to do it you do it again yeah and then if it's successful, you do it again. Successful, you do it again. And, and that's something that they've had there because they've had world title fights and they've yeah. had world champions. And they had, you know, massive. I'm pretty sure Sugar Ray Leonard and Duran was in Montreal. And like this is, it's just history, which brings in the people. They also have the population. Like, I don't know. I, I think it's just, uh, it's more popular over there. But. It's been growing over here, and I love mm-hmm. that, too, because now there's gyms here. Yeah. A w- lot of them. I wanted to touch base on that, because that's something that we want to ask. You know, us here, me being from Calgary, him being from Vancouver, the Bakken scene, as you know, it's it's not that big compared to Montreal, Quebec. You're one of the rare guys that actually came out from a city or a province that doesn't have a lot of... They have a lot of good fighters, but they don't have a lot of famous fighters. Right. That made it, you know what I mean? Right. So. What can we do differently here or in Vancouver that, you know, we can use that, ha- that hap- has happened in Montreal that we can use to actually build boxing? Well, you, we can get together. And when you band together, they say you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go together. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it, it, if you band together, you get all the, the people, work, which is always tough because gyms and gym owners and fighters, everybody's got an ego, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. But if you can work together, you can make things happen. Absolutely. And if you if you put this, like it could even be so simple as having this gym box with this gym, they spar together, and then they can arrange fights against each other. Those guys never spar; they can fight, or even if they did spar, they can fight. And then the you know it's just it's teamwork makes the dream work, man. Because if you get more and more people into it, more people contributing to the show, more mm-hmm. people bringing their friends, bringing their fans. This is a bigger show. And then rinse and repeat. Again, if you do it once, you can do it twice. So I like 
us, my own, when I first started Teal Fisher Promotions and all the guys, you know, we were putting on our own shows. Yeah. But I used to go around and meet all my buddies and I would sell tickets yes, out of my hand. Like, here's, you need three tickets, you need five tickets, you need six tickets. Like, and I would meet people and I would sell, you know, a couple hundred tickets by hand. And wow. this takes the effort, but if you start to work together with the other guys, then I started. We started working with other teams, yeah. other gyms. Now they sell a hundred tickets. Now they sell. So this is you got to you got to work together, and we all got to be going for the same kind of goal. But um, I see, you know, somebody's got to break the mold. Somebody's got to go for it. Yeah. Somebody's got to be like, hey, I'm trying to put on a professional show, and I see you guys doing it now, and it's starting. So we just got to okay. lean into it and keep it rolling, but it takes some effort for sure. Exactly. It'd be so. nice to see like the, the fight capital be on this side because you know how like Nevada, they're the fight capital? Why not Vancouver or like closer? Yeah. See, Vancouver would be a very That's, cool place because right. the potential is massive, yeah. massive, Absolutely. massive. Calgary too, man. Calgary is like over the last couple of years, it's just been growing so much. And I see world-class potential and it just hasn't been shown yet. So just it's cool. Need exposure. Exactly, exactly. That's why we're here, man. That's what we're trying to do. You know, we both love, we obviously, all three of us love the sport of boxing. We just want to grow it, especially where we're from, man. Imagine just, it's like you living in Vegas and you're like, oh, MGM's right there. I can just watch the exactly. fight. We want to be that. We're like, oh, Saddle Dome's right there. Let's go. You know? yeah, exactly. It'd be sick, man. So I want to talk about your, your experiences in the ring. So with all the pro fights that you had, was there any like, <laughs> boxer you faced whether professional or amateur that really impressed you or surprised you the most oh man a lot a lot mm. okay so okay in the professional ranks actually let's go back in the amateur ranks okay i was i went eight no and when i first started uh, i remember i won the western canadians i beat this kid he had like 30 fights i stopped him and then it makes me kind of it makes me go up in not in the rankings but i'm just i turned open is what they call it which means i can fight yeah. anyone with 10 fights or more mm. and then so because i turned open i go to golden gloves and at the golden gloves i fight cam o'connell cam o'connell is now a friend of mine he was a professional boxer for a while as well but he at that point in time i think he had like 60 fights or you know wow. and we were like 13 yeah. like 14 like Holy. yeah and this guy already had 60 fights and i remember like looking over and it, you know who you're fighting right a lot of times you go there you go to the venue and you see and i'm like everyone's like that's cam over there cam and he was cool man <laughs> he, he was just chilling he was laying down on the on the chairs he had like a little thing made and i was like yo this guy's relaxed man <laughs> and, and i remember it put the pressure on me because I was like, look how relaxed he is. He yeah. must be experienced. Look how good he yeah. must be. And so this was an early lesson in my mind. Like, okay, this this is, you can create something, you can create a mountain in your mind or you can, you know, do it right. But that was a hard one for me because I went through it. I saw him. I was nervous about the fight. We go, we have the fight and he beat me. He's the first guy to ever beat me. And... I don't know if I could have beat him or like whatever, but at that point in time, he was better than me, and he did it. And I learned that time, like, if you beat yourself in the mind, you can never win the fight. Ooh. It's like, if you, if, you, if you don't think, it's almost like your older brother. 
It's like it don't matter how old, how big you get, how strong you are. He's your older brother. Yeah. You can't you can't beat him. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. That. absolutely. That's me and my sister right now. Right. This is like a mental thing that yeah. you create in your own head. So I, I learned that. I learned that early in the game, and I mean that was a that was a crazy lesson, bro. That was. It was a good one though because now I learn okay how to defeat someone mentally. Mm. Go into the fight and if they if they can't if you're the you know older brother per se in their mind they're not gonna beat you because yeah. they're looking up at you like this <laughs> and, yeah. and and you're just focused on what you gotta do and this is this is ideally how you want to be going into the fight. True, you just want a big dog them, you know? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, how about the pros? The pros. Is a different game because we both know about each other before going yeah. in a lot of the times. But sometimes, I mean, I guess a lot of times you don't because you can still take last-minute fights and stuff mm-hmm. happens quick. And there's always replacements. And, sw- like, boxing is a really unorganized game, man. <laughs> but it's all, it's an internal battle. So right. if you can keep your mind straight and you can stay good up here, you can beat anybody. As long as your preparation is good and you trust in your body. But, like... You'll see guys who just believe in themselves and then go and they upset guys because they just, they, I don't know, that's just how I am. Yeah. <laughs> and like that, that happens all the time too. Let's be specific in terms of mentality. You said, you know, everything is mental in boxing. How do you pre- prepare yourself mentally? Repetition in the training gives you what they call self-efficacy. So your mm. belief in yourself mm. and you're like, if I say it, I'm going to do it. And I know that because I've done it. Okay. And this is almost like I believe in my word, my work. And it's this, I don't know, if you do it, you feel it. And I think that that's why training is the key. Like if you've done it, you know, you know, when you're going in the fight, if you're like, you kind of didn't train, you'd probably be feeling a little bit shaky like maybe that might go wrong so i think your efforts in the gym and your preparation you owe it to yourself and you can't lie to yourself absolutely so that's like a big piece and if you show up ready i mean it's just about bringing your best to the fight and that, that's how we get the job done absolutely they say uh or they say you have to train hard so when you come fight night fight's just easy let's talk about your experience um overseas well not, not really just in the united states oh yeah <laughs> obviously <laughs> overplane <yeah>. you know <laughs> you know, over, it's not overplane uh you, you sparred with the, the like you know likes of danny garcia zab judah yeah what was your biggest takeaway sparring with those legends well just that i can do it you know mm. what i mean that i can i can compete at that level and if i do the work i can you know i can kind of hang with those yeah Yeah, i can be there too exactly and i remember thinking that when i worked with zab for the first time i was i was 20 because i remember i was in vegas i wasn't allowed to do anything because i was yet to turn 21 but i went to go visit uh the hit factory and zab i just wanted to go watch and see if i could train hit the bags and stuff and then i brought all my stuff with me and we're on like a vegas trip going to all these gyms and I remember the guys like, yo, you're, you're fighting at welterweight, right? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, you want to work? And I'm like, and I knew what this means. <laughs> and I, I'm like, with Zab? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I remember I like went to the washroom, like change. And I'm sitting there, I look in the mirror, and I was like, <sighs> I'm like, okay. This is <laughs> like, happening. Yeah, like this we're going to go work with Zab. Yeah. And I remember... We did four rounds. We just worked nice and sharp, nice and light. And I, I, I felt like 
I pushed him enough, but he he wasn't obviously going all out. But we were working on technical stuff, and it was sharp. And then I remember it was like good work. Yeah. And I was like, yo, I I did it. And yeah. then afterwards they're like, Steve, you're good. You're pretty good work, man. You want to do the camp with Zap? And I was like, I feel like a sparring partner. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. I was like, yes. yes. <laughs> hey, so, man. And that's how I got in. I got like my um, audition, you know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. And then I, I did well, obviously. And that was, it was like a realization that I can hang with, you know, the, the top dogs. Who was he fighting? Who was he fighting that time? For that fight, I think he was fighting Vernon Paris. Okay. So it was a little while back and he won that fight. I did the first training camp with him was for Vernon Paris and he knocked him out in the ninth or something like that wow. he caught yeah and it was like man i had some good times with zab like zab's like he is a he's a g bro and he he's oh, he's so good and he's so sharp like you wouldn't believe it he's so fast he's one of these yeah. guys that like he's quick and, and to be in there and to feel it and to see it it's like okay now you understand five-time world champ yep. like this guy is the the real deal so it was cool for me, man, and that really helped me develop and grow and learn and like accept the fact that I can do it. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Now, let me ask you this. In, in boxing, this is that whole stigma where like I need to keep and maintain my O. Mm. How mm-hmm. do you like mentally recover from a loss? Because there's all that talk and people duck other fighters, not yep. giving the fans what they want. Yep. But like, how do you just recover from that mentally? Well, it's hard because... Nobody wants to lose. And I came up during the Floyd Mayweather undefeated era where it was, you were nothing if you lost. And I think I I took my first L when I was 14 and 0 or something like that. I I went to the Philippines. That's Mm. when I had the fight in the Philippines. And I learned about traveling and fighting because I did not do that part well. And I had the fight and I ended up, I, oh man, I I cut weight so badly. I cut weight so badly, and you lose a day going over there. Yeah. So I had to cut weight even more, like even quicker, because I got there. You retain water when you're in the plane at high mm-hmm. altitude. Yeah. Like I left Calgary, I was 141. The fight's at 138. I'm like easy, easy. I'll make that. But then I go Seattle to Seoul, Korea, to Manila, and then to um where else? Oh, so it's not in Manila. To Cebu, oh, Cebu Ooh. City, another plane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it was, and I'm eating at the airport, and I'm drinking water and stuff, and I was yeah, I didn't think anything about it, and I got there, and I stood on a scale, and I weighed one fifty two. Wow. Damn. And I was like, what happened? <laughs> and I was like, I didn't eat that much, like, and I was like looking up online to yeah, you retain water when wow. you had high altitude, and I I didn't know this, and then I'm like, okay, well I got four days to cut it. And then they're like, no, you have three days because yeah, you lose a day going day. over. And I was like, <laughs> like I, I couldn't believe it, man. And then so anyways, that was a learning lesson because that was um, the first time I ever cut weight like that. I was just not eating. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was fasting and training. And then I remember we went to do like a test weight. And like step on the scale, yeah, yeah. and I just got out of like a like a sauna thing because I was killing myself trying to make it. And I go to step on the scale, and I just boom faint. Wow! Never fainted in my life. And I, and I got up. Everyone's looking at me, and I'm like, and my trainer's like, "Yo, we gotta go, man. <laughs> we gotta get out of here." And I went back to the um, 
room and end up getting an IV to like rehydrate yeah, myself. Yeah. But then I get up later, like the next morning when it's way in time, but the IV had put me over again. So I had to cut more weight. And then I sit and I'm like, st- I remember I was like skipping, it was in a mall. And I was like skipping in like a big sweatsuit in the like furnace room. Like, bro, it was a wow. disaster. But anyways, I made it. I made the weight. And um, that definitely led to poor performance. Because the fight was, I mean, that was one of the, the best fights of the year in the Philippines, they said. So, I mean, I, I'm not ashamed of that. But I put him down twice in the third round. And then I went to try and finish him. And I missed, and I remember hearing my back pop and feeling like all of a sudden my legs were just perfectly straight. And I'm like, what's going on? (laughs) Like, I know I'm fighting. And then in between rounds, I couldn't, like, sit. I remember feeling funny. And I'm I'm up on the scorecards because it's an eight-round fight. I got two knockdowns in the third round. So I'm winning. And then I, I think that I won round two, three four and then maybe five starts going the other way and then he's coming on strong and i start fading big time because i can't i have a herniated disc which i found out later oh damn but like we're fighting we're fighting we're fighting and then i ended up getting stopped standing i'm still on my feet and i'm just guarding but he's hitting my guard so i just refuse to go down and they stop the fight with like 15 seconds left in the eighth and final round wow so if it goes 15 more I probably More. win decision, yeah. okay. But I got no battles with the ref over the stoppage because I had a herniated disc, mm-hmm. I had a concussion, I couldn't walk after the fight. I got out of the ring, I got right into a, like a a chair, and they give me like the not the IV like the oxygen thing. And then I remember being in the oh man, that was like that was like the harshest time of my yeah. life. I remember going up and then my your mom my mom had to keep me up because when someone has a concussion you don't want them to sleep Sleep, because they can go into a coma and then my mom's like keep me up and it was just like crying all night and I'm just like and it was my first loss yeah and And you're not you're not home and I'm not home and it was like a disaster and everything I never I never knew that side of the coin until I had been there Mm -hmm. And then, like, even flying back, like, I, I couldn't sit on the plane. I couldn't walk. I was in a wheelchair getting wheeled to the airport. I came back. had a girlfriend at the time who didn't answer my calls. <laughs> and swear, bro. And then it was like I had friends who started treating me like, ah, like maybe he's not going to be so what? big. Like, wow. this kind of like, And then I realized, like, who's really on my team? Absolutely. Like, who's going to be there regardless, win, lose, or draw? Those are your people. It doesn't matter. Like... And these harsh lessons that I took early in my life in boxing, I'm grateful for them now because I understand what it takes to be on somebody's team and what it takes to have people on your team. And I know that the game goes like this. Mm. And that was like that was the, one of the biggest lessons of my life because it, it really taught me about, one, preparation because I, I should have known about that, like cutting weight like that. And then... I mean, it took me 14 weeks until I was able to walk again correctly because I had, had to get spinal decompression therapy where they, like, pull you apart. Wow. It was tough, man. And then I started, like, being able to do my yoga. And that's actually what got me into yoga. So that was a good thing, too. Yeah. 
But I started doing, when I started to walk and I started moving, I was like, okay, I'll do shadow boxing, but I can't do it fast. So I just do slow motion shadow yeah. boxing. And I would train and I do rounds, but slow motion. And I'm working mm. on the little details. It's like you're back to square one. Exactly, bro. So it literally took me, humbled me, and then spit me back out in the game. And it's like, go do it. And then it took me so much time to rebuild my body. A couple months. But then I started getting the wheels turning again. Yeah. And then I had another fight right after that, and I won. And it was a, it was a good fight, but it was kind of like a, just a stay busy fight because yeah. the opponent, he was good. But he wasn't like a a challenge. He wasn't like a, a world title challenger or like a you know really really tough do looming fight. But it was enough to get him back in there. And then the fight after that, I fought for the Canadian title. So mm-hmm. and I and I won. I defeated Stuart McClellan. I stopped him in the third round with a body shot. Mm. And I always say it's not about the setback. It's all about the Come bounce back. back. Oh, the comeback exactly because. I agree. We, that's the name of the game, bro. It's not about what you go through. It's about yeah. getting through. I agree, man. It's Again, it's a stigma to lose your O, but to, to me, it's a hot take. I, I feel like Floyd May- Mayweather would have been greater had he, ha- had he gotten a loss because he probably would have fought bigger With guys. With a chip on his shoulder. Exactly, after. because he, it's, it's about the, bout, the, the comeback, right? Would yes. you say this loss actually shaped up to what you are or where you're at right Definitely, now? because it... it it showed me, like I was like, it's ego, right? Like I never thought I could lose. And then when you lose, it's like everything's over. But it's like, no, you can build back. And then you start coming back. You got to work on You got to work on the holes in your game then. It's Absolutely. a very humbling experience. Yeah. You obviously don't know how to prepare properly. You don't know how to finish the fight when you need it. You don't know how to defend. So these are all the things that are going through my head. And then... It was humbling, but that's what boxing does to you, and it's it's harsh, man. And then that was right, still during the time of the undefeated era, where mm-hmm. everyone was looking down on me. Yeah. Everybody thought I was over, not just my girlfriend at the time, <laughs> but like, but like the boxing people and everyone kind of looked you know, like. But you're only as good as your last fight, so I just kept going. I kept going, and then eventually, you keep working. And now, mind you, I've had that happen to me seven times. I got seven losses on my record, and. Now, I don't believe that I lost all those fights, but if you keep going, you will get there, and you'll get out of the spot that you're in. Uh, you know, one of those losses I had, and I got fell into depression. I was going crazy. I started, you know, getting into trouble again. I, I leaned back into hanging out and doing bad sh- stuff and whatever, but... The next time, later in life, I had a loss. And I was like, I'm just not going to sit here. I'm just going to keep moving. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get training. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do my recovery. Yeah. And then that time, everything got was back to normal in a couple of days, like weeks. I got another fight off or something else. So I'm like, it's not necessarily what happens to you. It's what you do with it. Yeah. And then it's not just about sitting there feeling sorry for yourself that it happened. Just keep going because... You're either going to sit there where you're at or you're going to move forward. So I just, I learned that one the hard way. That was a boxing lesson. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of people, man, I love this conversation because, you know, not to highlight your, lo- highlight your losses, but, you know, it's important to actually know, you know, that at the end of the day, man, you take an L, it's about how you come back. Exactly. It's we- about how you react to what happened to you. So kudos to you, man. You know, it's seven losses. Still it going, is what it is. Still going strong. Look look at where you're at right now, man. Main yeah. event. Yeah. The belt's right here. Oh, I'm going to touch it again. But, you know, 
here we are. <laughs> right. Now, um, you know, as a professional boxer and, and with at the level that you're at right now, do you feel any like pressure? All the time. Even from like the All public the eye as well, you know, like. But I actually, you know what? It was the, I think it was Kobe. I can't remember who said these. Like the pressure that everyone puts on me is huge, but it's nothing compared to the pressure that I put on myself. Right. And it's like mm. me and the like, yeah, I, that's part of my obsession with the sport. Like trying just everything's got to be the best ever. And if it's not, you beat yourself up, but you got to do it again. So it's internal battle. That's why uh, I'm a fighter, I guess. But the pressure on, on the outside is only as much, it's only as heavy as you allow into the inside. You know what I mean? That's true. That's very true, man. Because if you let it consume you, ooh, that's when things get shaky. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very shaky, man. Very shaky. What's next for you? Well, this fight, this one, September 8th, that's the biggest, that's the biggest. This is the biggest opportunity that I've had because I've now put myself in the spot where I deserve the main event spot. But it's not about that. It's about showing the main event action. You know what mm. I mean? So they, they, it's like they gave me the ball now. Yep. And yeah. I, I'm going to show them. Like I, I've been running my it's whole life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, like it's your show. I needed this ball because I've been practicing running. I've been practicing my runs my whole life, man. I mean, metaphorically, right? Yeah. But, it's like, I got the ball, so we'll see what I can do with it. And then luckily, I've been training since forever. So ne- next is the, the main event, big fight to defend my strap, this one right here. And from, you know, one fight at a time, because that's what I need. I need the best performance of my life coming up. That's, that's what's next. How's, uh, I know you shared this off camera, but how's, how's training camp going? solid i mean it it starts it started yesterday but technically it started yesterday that's eight weeks out but i was sparring with hakeem earlier in the week and the week before so So we're kind of training already (laughs) we've been working we you know we're doing our five fives and we we're just i don't know man that if you if you keep getting better you're gonna get better that's why a lot of fighters they like when there's not training camp time they party they lose mm-hmm. it but, but then you got to get back in shape yeah right, yeah and that was something that i learned when i was you know an opponent when i didn't have a promoter on my side i was like if i just keep getting better i'll catch up with all, to all these guys yeah. because they're going to offer me the fight they're training when it's training camp time i'm training year round yeah. yeah i'm listening to my body if i need rest to take a couple of days yeah okay but i know my machine you know and then it's like when it's time to work i know and when it's time to rest, I know. And then I get better at it, better at it. But if I just keep getting better and improving, it's a, it's a marathon. It ain't a sprint. Stay you know? ready so you don't got to get ready. Right. Yes, sir. I want to I ask you something. So, like, the business side of boxing. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have much knowledge about that. So, when you first signed on with Eye of the Tiger, you were just self-managed before. Was that correct? The years before I signed with Eye of the Tiger, I was... I guess, yeah, self-managed. I like, have, like, my buddy. Well, he was my manager. I had a manager, and then I have my trainer, mm. and that's it. And that, that that's, like, being independent in boxing. And that's a tricky thing because I always thought of it like you're in the ocean, 
and you're swimming if you're independent. But if you got a promoter, you're on a boat. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a different world because now you got leverage in the negotiations and people can't offer you like Absolutely. low ball, last minute deals. And that's kind of the name of the game because nobody wants that somebody to come and beat their guy. So they're going to offer you a fight when you're an opponent. They're going to offer you a fight for next week on Friday. And you're like, well, I, I'm not ready. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, that's what they're thinking. But they want their guy to beat you. So that's the hardball business of boxing. And this is like, if there was a league, like, you, you know what I mean? If there was like an NBA, but for mm-hmm. boxing, this would, it would help a lot. Even in MMA, they have UFC. So it's a unified promoter and everyone watches that. But in boxing, there's Golden Boy, there's Eye of the Tiger, yep, yep. there's top rank Mm -hmm. there's like there's all these different promoters and everybody has their own power and they put on their own shows and if you're gonna fight you're what's called the b-side if you go fight them on their show Mm -hmm. unless you're politically inclined where you have some leverage as well okay this is my promoter we're gonna do it like this it's gonna be official maybe a co-promotion and this it kind of balances things out but man it's a crooked game because nobody wants someone to come in and beat their guy yeah so they're going to play every trick that they can to try and get you, even mentally, even mentally, because, like, I, get, I can say it, I guess it doesn't matter. I, I had a fight before, um, I won't say where, but I had, I was getting ready for the fight. Yeah. They put me, the promoter put me in the dressing room, or in the warm-up room, okay? And I'm in there, I'm warming up, and as soon as I start wrapping my hands, the promoter himself came in. And he says, "This is you got to get out of this room." Mm. And I was like, "This is my dressing room. What do you mean?" And then we start arguing about you got to leave. And I'm like, "I'm not leaving." And then we we start we're in a yelling match. And this is 25 minutes, maybe 40 minutes before the fight. Before the fight. So you know they're doing it on purpose. And anyways, we get in a yelling match, and then eventually he's like, "Fine, like the fight's off then." And I'm like, "What do you mean the fight?" Like, and then I have to go. To where he's telling me to go, or he's gonna cancel the fight, or like something's gonna. So I have to walk through this entire venue, House of Blues. Little by little, baby. And then it was in Boston, <laughs> and it was on St. Patrick's Day, and we were walking through the whole venue. It was also during a Dropkick Murphys concert, so I'm like getting mauled here, and it, it's also. I'm pretty sure it was at maybe one in the morning when we actually fought. Oh, geez. Yeah. Wow. wow. And it was like, and then, so anyways, the promoter puts me in the medical room. So that's where all the fighters who have just lost are coming in to get stitched up and checked with the doctor. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, oh, I shouldn't have listened to this guy. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm trying to, I can't even, there's no room to skip. There's no room to do anything. And I'm trying to warm up for the fight. And then, you know, by that point in time, it was probably two in the morning. And it was just a disaster, bro. Like, that, then I realized that the game ain't all yeah. fair. It ain't all yeah. like this. It's, there's a lot of things that happen. And w- when you get in those tight spots, you need to just keep your team close, man. Because that's, that's, that's one that I'm still kind of I'm like mad about that. <laughs> that's dirty, though, that's dude. Was, that was the thing. It's like... I, they flew me out. Not only did they fly me out the day before the weigh-in, or the night the night before the weigh-in, they put me on an 11 p.m. flight. And I'm like, man, this is like, they're doing this all on purpose. 
And anyways, I got there. I didn't have a ride to my hotel either. Oh like, my. and these are the little like. Yeah. And the idea is to put you in a bad mind yep. state so that when you get to the fight, you don't feel like a winner. You feel wow. like you're so stressed. You just, you just, you're not thinking. Yeah. And then this is the kind of ugly side of professional boxing, where it's A side, B, B side, side. You yep. know what I mean? And because when when you get higher up in the game it's like well we fight on somewhat of an even playing field even if it's their promoter show i have my promoter backing me they're not going to be able to pull this stuff but when you're independent you got nobody on your team so that's what i'm saying you're swimming in the ocean by yourself i love that man because i want to get into the again we're already in the business side of boxing you talked about a side and b side obviously you know in the bigger scale there's like there's always going to be that like Fury and Gun. Of course, Fury is the A side in boxing, right? There's always there's always going to be disadvantage, like you talked about. Mm-hmm. What can you? What do you think? Uh, I know it's a business side. It's probably not going to change. But how do you prepare yourself again? You go, you going through it, the actual thing being the B the B side. What was going through your mind, and how how did you actually prepare yourself to to overcome that? Well. Okay, have you ever seen the picture? There's a picture of a wolf, and he's got one arrow in his back, and he's like kind of messed up. And then beside him, there's a wolf who's older, and he's got a bunch of arrows in his back, but he's standing tall. Mm. And it says, life doesn't get easier, you just get tougher. And I was always like, I hate that. I, don't, I, hope, that's, <laughs> I, was like, I hope that's not like that. Yeah. But it is. And the thing is that when you can't feel it, you can't feel it. So it's not about how many arrows you got in your back. It's about your, you know, I'm still standing. And then that was one of the things that I realized as I went through the game. I was like, you know what? I don't have to do the things that they're demanding of me unless it's on the contract. So my skin got a little tougher. I don't have to do that. You, you tell me to do this. I'm not going to do that because I'm going to do what it says legally. Contract, yeah. You're trying to get me to jump through these hoops. I'm not going to do that because this. And so you get you know more uh, like with yourself you believe in yourself more you know more you understand more you get more knowledgeable but it's about i guess it's all an internal job you know Mm. what i mean so that it doesn't matter what's going on outside doesn't matter what people are telling you demanding this if you're solid which usually comes from training, being in good shape, knowing that you're in good shape. Prepared, yeah. And yeah, knowing you're prepared and you show that you, know, you can tell me whatever. Wow. I'm going to show up ready to go. So yeah, at the end of the day, it's all about preparation and just getting your mind ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you this one thing, cause you being in the industry actually boxing, right? The four belt era. What are your thoughts? Having, let's say we're all professional boxers here and we're all the same weight class. He can be the WBA, I can be the WBC, you can be the IBF. We're all champions. It's Who's a, the guy? It's a lot of noise, man. <laughs> but, see, but see, this is boxing. This is boxing because they're sanctioning bodies, yep. which means you got to pay that sanctioning mm. fee to fight for that title. These guys over here, they got, you got to pay their sanctioning fee to fight for their title. So I hate to say it, but I don't at the same it's, it's a money grab yeah. Yeah. because you got to pay these sanctioning fees for all four belt and uh, <laughs> I mean now you're the t- but if I choose three that one's going to let go of me I'm no longer the champion of that belt and I've only paid for these three so now I'm the, you know the champions of these belt 
belts, but I didn't pay for that one. So no more that one. Yeah. That's, that's not mine anymore. So that's where it becomes kind of political, definitely. But I always wish there was a league, man. I always yeah, wish there was a or an overhead who like there's some sort of like way to put the promoters all into one category when we can work together. We can work with those guys. Like we that's actually the good thing about my promoter, I the Tiger. They work with top rank. They used to work with Golden Boy. They work with I don't know if they still do. They work with like all these different promoters and the ability to co-promote. Mm. This is what creates unified entertainment for the fans yeah. and just shows and everyone can work together and it, it, there's no limits there's no restrictions so working together is the answer absolutely totally agree man yeah no you, you really need to work together in this industry because it's have to. like like what we were talking about earlier like it seems and like you said too, it's a money grab it's all a business yeah right money at the end yes let's give the fans what they want and then like you know be what happy. you know what there should be there should be upon victory this happens you know what i mean because because yeah. actually that's one thing that you the ufc does very well where they have the win bonus yeah and then in boxing that doesn't really exist which is a weird thing right it's like the favorite gets paid this much this guy gets yeah, paid this thing much yeah i think with ufc though it's it's ran by one guy exactly yeah. one unified organizer yeah. so he calls the shots and this is how it's going to be and you you can't do that when everyone's got their own team i know it's like uh, it's like the Calgary Flames are putting on a game this month. It's like, who are they playing? <laughs> yeah. It's like, we'll figure out closer to it, but we're going to set everything up for them. And then when they get closer, we'll get them an opponent. It's like, who's got the favorite, or who's going to be the favorite to the win? Yeah. Well, obviously, the Flames, because they know about the game. This is the disorganized game of boxing. Man, I love talking about it, man, because it's, it's our passion, too, and it has to be discussed. Yes. It has to be yeah, because more lights on the more light that we shine on it, the more yeah. likely it'll be to change. Yeah. I agree. One day at a time, right? Yeah, sure. Now, I want to pick your brain on just on mindset, right? Cuz as we all know, boxing is I'd say 90% mental. Yeah. A lot of it is, right? Yeah. It is a physical sport, but your mind has to be right every single hey, time. And mind controls the body. So sometimes mm. even if you're in good shape, if this ain't right, you ain't right. Right? So can you share a time when you're like your brain was really tested, like your mental was really tested in the in the ring, and like how did you get through it? In the ring, like mid fight, mid fight, yeah. I okay, so when I fought a guy named Petros Ananian, he was thirteen and zero. I fought him on um, Lee Baxter's show in Brampton, Ontario, and I went there. And I was obviously the opponent because he's the undefeated guy. We were fighting for the IBF um, international title and or intercontinental title, sorry. But he, this guy was the biggest puncher that I ever faced in my whole life. Mm. In the first round, he hit me with a punch but pushed me at the same mm. time. Boom, boom. And he hit me, pushed me. And I, I remember I went down. I did like a backwards somersault and I check for like real quick as I'm standing up. I don't want to stand up too fast because I've been knocked down before. I know and I stood up real fast. My legs were yeah, going like yeah. this and I was like, oh, but I remember checked and I was like, oh, no, I'm fine. So I stood up and the ref's like five, six. And I was like, ah, but I know, I know the rules. So whatever. I put my hands up and then 
Right after that, this guy came out. He had been fighting orthodox, so right-handed, the whole beginning of the first round. But he did a sneaky move, and he came out southpaw. And mm-hmm. he came running out southpaw, and he, boom, put everything into this left hook to the liver. And he winded me so bad. And I just got up off the canvas, so now I'm really hurt. But going into this fight, I had lost a family member. Mm-hmm. And I had put that like my heart into this camp like i i'm not going down like that and i'm not giving up like that and i remember he hit me so hard in the body and i was backing up and i he, he looked at me said come on baby and i remember he's yelling at me in the fight and i was and i'm like tucking my chin just trying not to go down he's just swinging yelling and i was like i won't break like i remember it, this guy just in the crowd screaming and i'm just putting everything just trying not to go down but i was so winded and i remember i'm backpedaling and i'm just defending for like probably like 45 seconds and i just held him off he couldn't put me away and i remember it was a mental fortitude this is like how i because i had i put so much into that training camp i was like i'm not going out like that man but i ended up getting through that round and he had wasted a lot of energy yeah. trying to put me out. And then the second round, I stick to the game plan. I keep going to the body. He's kind of like wasted a little bit, but he's waiting for the second wind. And then I'm on him. I'm on him. I'm on him. And then I win that round. And I win the third round. And I win the fourth round. And I start keep doing this, and I'm applying more pressure, more pressure. In the fifth round, he hit me. He caught me with another shot. This guy was probably the best, biggest puncher I ever faced in my whole life. Like, this guy was a puncher, man. And I remember seeing him at the weigh-in. I was like, this guy is huge, man. <laughs> he was massive. <laughs> like, seriously. And then, anyways, he hurt me again in the fifth. But I had the same thing. I, I, I had too much going into the fight. Like, I, I needed to win this. I had I, my heart on my sleeve. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I'm like, I have. And I, I ended up, I held up. I stayed up in the fifth. He couldn't put me down. He tried. But I stayed up, and then I was all over him in the sixth again, in the seventh, and then all the way up. It was a 10-round fight, but I had beat him up to the body so bad. There was a couple times in the fight where I just – I was, like, hitting the heavy bag. I just had him, and he was, he was guarding, and I'm right side, left side, right, and I'm just ripping as hard as I could. And it was like I, I'm putting everything into this, and I ended up winning a decision. A unanimous Let's decision, go. but it was like that one was like that guy was the biggest puncher I ever faced in my whole life. That was the hardest I ever got hit in the body in my whole life, and it was the most heart that I had to put into the training camp and into a fight. That that one was like that one changed my life, yeah. man. You had to really dig deep that one, eh? Big time, yeah, big time. I want to ask you this now, with because like I always wanted to know when you're like in that fight and you smell blood, you know the Machado fight when you when you had him. Like, what was going through your mind where you're like, oh, this is it, baby. You're going down. Like, uh, <laughs> walk us through that. Well, walk us through the mind, man. <laughs> well, see, now, okay, so when I'm in fight mode is when I kind of let my bad side out. So mm-hmm. my whole life, I needed that mm-hmm. vent, and now I'm leaning into that vent, and it's okay to be that guy when you're fighting. Mm. Me, I, all of my life, I'm like a nice guy. I'm like, I have my family, my friends. Like, uh, you know, I'm in the gym and stuff. I, I'm, I'm a nice guy. But when I'm fighting, that's when I get to let it go and let it out and let the dragon out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this is this is like when I see somebody's hurt, 
one right now I listen to my coach Mike Moffa is my coach and he's a boxing mind and he actually funny that's another one but he was the only guy ever to come up with a game plan to beat me when I believed that I was the better fighter the more physically capable guy but they beat me on strategy so after the fight i went to montreal and i said mike show me how you beat me. <laughs> teach me what I like you did that. I yeah like that. yeah, yeah. And, then, and then he did and then we work better as a team than we do uh than we did against each other wow. and then at in the fight in the machado fight i always just listen to my coach and then when i got him hurt i'm locked in like this and i know it's it's go time. It's, you know, yeah. I don't want to say, well, whatever. It's kill mode, man. We got to take this guy out. But I look at my coach, and he's going to tell me how. We're going to do this, okay? Don't overcommit, okay? And actually, what Mike said to me the last fight, I put Machado down, and I remember Mike said to me, just come to, just don't worry. We got the round. Come to the corner. And it was smart because mm. Machado came out swinging right, right after away. he, yeah, and then had a, I, I remember I threw the right hand, but I leaned to the left. So I throw like a non-committing right hand. I go to get out of the way. And he threw a big haymaker punch. Like, I'm in danger. I need to save yeah, myself yeah. kind of punch. And had I just walked in there, I might have taken it. I don't know. Mm. But I owe that one to my coach. So it, it's about being smart, communicating with your team. But I know I had him hurt, but I don't want to overcommit. And I listen to the game plan, listen to the technique or the – you know, the calls that are being asked of me, and that's how we finish them. And then you always want to take your emotion out of it because mm. we're going to take this guy out. Yeah, we're going to take this guy out, but we're going to do it with strict technique yeah. like this. And sometimes, like it happened to myself when I was in the Philippines and I fought and I heard him, okay, I got him, I got him, yeah. I got him, I'm going to yeah, get yeah. him. And, I, and then what I actually did was I missed a left hook and boom. That's how you hurt. That's how I hurt my back. So I was over eager. And I put mm. so much in trying to finish it. And so that was probably a lesson that I learned. And it's like, okay, you can't always go all out like that. But there is time to go for the kill. You got to be smart with it. You got to be strategic. You got to be tactical. But when you got them hurt, there's a time to press and there's a time to finish. And there's a time to, you know, take space and be technical too. So there's a there's a lot to it, man. I love it, man. That's That comes with experience. Yes, you know, exactly. I hear it all the time 100%. in boxing where you look – Stop looking for the knockout. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's there, it's there, and that's mm -hmm. that's what happened, man. Let's uh, just wrapping it up. I know you know you talked about your fight coming up. What are your future plans, though, aside from fighting, if there are any? Well, the the one plan is the world title. So I got oh, I got to yeah, put that because yeah. mm -hmm. there ain't nobody from Calgary who's taken the world title, the, mm. the, that one, and I need that. Man. So I'm going for it, and that is the plan. Further than that, maybe open the gym. Yeah. Maybe I teach because it's one thing to know it, but you got to pass it on. And I Absolutely. know down the road when I'm done fighting, I'll for sure be a trainer, and I'll, I'll I would love to have fighters and you know coach guys yeah, and yeah. stuff, and have my own gym. Like that's something that I would definitely, definitely will get into. And we'll see. I mean, I've always thought about doing, like, broadcasting and talking about the fights and stuff because I think that would be fun, too. But uh, one step at a time. Right now, I'm just seeing how far I can take it. And then preparing myself to do those things later, yeah, a little bit. But 
Right now we're locked in locked on the, in, on the man. fight, baby. That's what yeah, we need. Man. Laser focus, baby. I can't baby. wait to revisit this, man. We're telling people, no, this is just not a one-time thing. It's going to be like a relationship, man. Yeah, you sir. know, good luck in your fight. We're all here for you. The whole city, man, is, is going to watch, man. So oh, good. Spread, spread all the details. You said September 18th. Um, eighth, eighth. Eight. So September, September eighth. eighth. That's my anniversary. With my wife. That's fine. <laughs> nice. September eighth um, in Gatineau, Quebec. Yes, sir. You'll be the, the main event. Yes, sir. Um, and where can they find you? You can find me on S Dragon. If you pretty much on anywhere on social media, you look up S Dragon, you'll it's you'll you. find me. That's me. Perfect. Any questions before I wrap it up for you? Oh yeah, let me ask you this, man. What's up? Canelo or Charlo? Oh. Canelo got the experience, man. Charlo's going to need a, a, a Hail Mary if he's going to be able to pull that off. Canelo's going to take it. You think it's a Hail Mary? He's going to need it. He's going to need something. The Charlos are dogs, man, so we'll see. I saw a thing that said they're both going to fight him. I, I don't even. <laughs> well, like, to be honest, I'm happy that he's fighting Jamel, like the more active one. Yes. Rather than the yes. other guy. Uh, apparently, once he fights Jamel, he fights big bro yeah so that's that's what i'm saying there's fight someone else exactly yeah, right? it's a weird i don't know man I, I i'm leaning canelo because he just got the experience he's got he knows what to do even with all the athletic ability and all the hype not hype but like bravado coming in with him like charlos are i love the charlos because they're about it yeah <laughs> they're gonna come and fight and they're, exactly and they're gonna come and bring it and they're tough man and you know that goes very far in boxing, but against that team and that experience and that intelligence, uh, you got to go with Canelo. He, he's Can't he's hard to beat right now. Yeah. Agreed. Now, very last question, man. With all the experience you have now, you've gone through a lot in life. What is one piece of advice you'd give young Dragon when he first turned pro? Wow. Good question. That is a good question. Um, just. It's okay to trust in your team and like open up to your team because it was something I always felt like I was alone and then looking back I was like well I had I had people who were there don't get me wrong I had a lot of people try and take advantage of me like I had a lot of times when I was young and promoters would come along or management would come along and you know, they'd take some money on the side and they they'd sign me up for fights I didn't want and they did but when you have the people that you can trust, trust them. And you know them. Like, man, that, you, just like we were saying before, if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go together. So trust in your team and, and remember that it's okay to be open. It's not you against the world. It's you and your team against the world. Mm. Facts. Like, absolutely, man. Very last question we ask everyone. Man, who should be our next guest on this podcast? And of course, once you mention that person, or it could be more than one, you gotta, you gotta plug us, man. Okay, who? You guys ever talked to Mean Hakeem? Mean Hakeem, who's that? The guy from the UFC from Calgary. That's my boy, man. Hakeem Dawudu. He's he's from Calgary. He's one of two guys who are in the UFC Ooh. MMA fighter. He's my boy too. So you were sparring with him. You were yeah, saying yeah. We box. I oh, box with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We box. I'll tell you, okay, quick story. Quick story. Go ahead. Okay, so I'm, I'm like 15, right? And I'm boxing at my gym. And I remember <laughs> there's a guy, shows up to my gym. He's got all his gear. He's got his bag. He's got, 
and he's he's like a mean guy. <laughs> That's why he's there. Hence the name. <laughs> and, he's like, and he's like, "Yo, I'm here. I'm here for some work." And I'm like, "All right." And he's like, "He's like, he's like, I gotta work on my hands. I gotta sharpen my hands." He's like, "I want to box with the best boxer." And I was like, "Well, that would be me." Okay. And he's oh. like, "Can I get some work?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, let's get it." And then I'm like, "Okay." And so we get ready, we spar, and I remember back then, like. Nobody had ever gone eight rounds with me. Like uh, nobody, and I was like, "Yo, man!" I, and we went eight rounds, and we went hard, and we were pushing each other. And I was like, afterwards, I was like, "Yo, nobody ever went eight rounds with me before." And that was like, that was some good work. I'm like thinking in my head, and I go up to him I'm like, "Yo, we should keep working, man." And he's like, "Yo, nobody ever went eight <laughs> rounds with me." <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, so we're getting there." Go. And yeah. then, and then we've been working together ever since, man. And oh. you know what? Been going up and up and up. So that's my boy, man. There well, you go. Hell I would yeah! Love Let's to hear that it. story yeah, again exactly. from this side, man. Right? I love that, man. So thank you so much for taking some time out of your day. I know you're in training camp. It's my play takes a lot out of you to even talk right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> happy it, be, I'm happy to be here, guys. So we I'm appreciate happy. your time. Can't wait to watch your fight on September 8th. It's going to be fireworks. We'll be right here rooting for you. And my name is MP. My name is Stefan, SB, and we have... The Dragon. Oh. The Legend. Legend. And we're out, baby. Peace.